You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? How big were her breasts? Well, yeah, I know it comes after our music. It's time for Gayo Correo. <laughs> Something like that. Correo. Thank you. Or Feral Fan All right, we're here. All right, our first message comes from Katie. <laughs> says, Muse on Eve. V and Carolyn all defecting together at the end of the season. I feel like their detachments from everything and everyone else are building towards this. Also, Avi, Eve, and V. Oh my gosh, this is literally time. what I was just I was saying. Like, this just is literally there. what I was just right. musing about without knowing that Katie would have this prophetic question to ask. Well, yeah, I mean, the muse for me is, yeah, bitches, defect all three, y'all. Three musketeers, the three misandry musketeers. Listen, maybe you could also take Julia or just send that bitch a letter, Carolyn, just so I can feed into my fantasies about women and what they could be doing, breaking the law and getting revenge for some reason in the world. But I'm just in that. I think that it's a way to go. And I really do think that for the next series, and I think perhaps, guys, very likely the final series. And if you guys remember what I was musing about last year, I'm actually good with that because I don't think Killing Eve should have more than four or five seasons, period. If they set it up correctly, then it's there for Laura to knock out of the park with the zaniest, wackiest season ever. But I would actually also say the highest rated because to lean into the darkness, to lean into the insanities in the ways that I would like them to, especially if it's Carolyn, Villanelle, and Eve, oh, just clear the Emmys for them all. Oh, it's right? going to be a sweep. And I'm sorry for all the other shows out there who are hoping for some award recognition. But yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. I want it. I need it. I should have it. I deserve it. And also, I do agree that if this happens, the fucking thing will be a problem for Carolyn because <laughs> I mean, we already know you get into a new relationship. You have to get over that fuck threshold of, all right, let's do this like three dozen times a day. And then maybe like a month or two or three in, you try to remember that you have responsibilities and like settle down into some sort of safe schedule but there's no fucking way that even Villanelle start banging and they have self-control right? right like that's not that's not what you do that's God, not what you do if you're Eve and Villanelle <laughs> wait a minute aren't you tired the episode titles reinvented <laughs> as sex interludes for Villanelle but yeah yeah I'll let you give you two cents Eve now. I know that look <laughs> wow that's the you just had six O's look bitch I told you to get the paperwork done and she should be like Carolyn you should know by now that I don't do paperwork I never do paperwork I don't even know that paperwork is real <laughs> I can't wait for Jess to get out of paternity leave. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, so your thoughts on the three musketeers? Oh, the fact they can run away together. I mean, with Carolyn's contacts and Eve's street smarts, but her gaffes, her gaffes, which are then cleaned up by Villanelle. But Villanelle needs her own cleaner, and Carolyn is far much too busy to do her own uh, cleanup crew creation thing. So, I mean, it can work. But it would involve a Carolyn that is always on her toes. And she, if she were to defect, she would need to be in a position where she could just relax. Where she's got all the juice. Where everybody's really just trying to come and knock on her door to parlay. Because she got things that everybody needs. And if anything, then Villanelle and Eve are respectively her uh, 
gladiator and her attack dog. So that's the way how I envision that going down. Not them, uh, it's them setting up shop on planted land, not them on the run. Oh, all right. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I think we do differ a little bit. So you think they would just be like in a location and mm-hmm. a base of operations and then, okay. Okay, cool. Katie, thank you for your question. Thanks for sending it in. Thank you. Hope we mules sufficiently for y'all. All right, so our next uh, question is from SheCraze8888, who says, One, do you think that Villanelle saying she'd leave Eve in a heartbeat is maybe she's not thinking straight right now after what happened in episode 305? And two, I also think Villanelle has a plan as she told Dasha she wants out. Or maybe that she's asking us if we think Villanelle has a plan. Not sure. Continues that she knows they're using her. What do you guys think? Agree or disagree? Well, I definitely agree that Villanelle is aware that she's being used. That title card couldn't have been any more blunt about the bullshit because they didn't bother to tell us anything else about that scene. I don't even think we know what that bitch was outside of Ellen saying, okay, you got to go over here to Romania, I guess it was. We don't really know what she was doing. They didn't tell us anything else about the kill. And I suppose it's not relevant because it's more so about getting into Villanelle's headspace and stuff. So I'm actually not sure if Villanelle mentioning that to Dasha was calculating or weakness because the way Jodie Comer played it it looks as though it was a bad judgment moment that she was feeling really bad she was vulnerable she hurt herself she was done with the shits and she just let it fly and slip from her mouth into Dasha's ears now I do think it's possible for Villanelle later to think about what the fuck she did and be like oh bitch that probably wasn't literally Constantine said don't tell anyone and like two hours later you were telling Dasha okay so I think she might have some awareness after the fact and be smart and clever because she's still Villanelle but I don't know that I believe at this time that she was consciously planning to do something by roping Dasha into her mess on the floor. Right I feel like she was fast and loose then and I don't know what um move she's gonna make to right herself because it's still looking a little manic but maybe the lady in red tries to right her course with the hug and the to the bosom she literally was like put your head into my bosom and let me call you extraordinary you're a beautiful monster villanelle you're an agent of chaos i mean i guess Mm. eve would say an agent of O's, but also chaos but chaos of her underwear which is a different thing a different type of chaos, let me call, Ellen. Let me call you beautiful monster while I stroke your hair. Like I said, she literally is on her goddamn Mrs. Robinson. Like she is, I really do feel like she's orchestrating the whole thing, like a play, a performance, to try and get the optimal behavior out of Villanelle. And at the very least, I can say, at least she gets it. At least she oh, gets you got to perform for a bitch to get what you want or close to what you want. Looking for the things that I could kill you with. Mm. From what I heard, you're not in the business of killing anybody these days. It's like, okay, this jaunt, this jaunt. Oh, and to answer her first part about do you think that her saying she would leave Eve behind is her thinking straight or something else? Okay, yeah. For some reason in the end of series, uh, not in the end, but in the middle of uh, episode six, when you see Villanelle try to do her negotiation and pleading with Constantine, um, that was coming from a place of hurt, not from a place of willing abandon. She's not looking for a way to separate from Eve forever. That's not what she's saying when she says that she can quote unquote leave things behind. Once she gets to whatever wherever her safe space is and once it's secure and safe for her to travel, the first thing she's gonna do is go get her girlfriend. I mean, that's just obvious. But why isn't she trusting her girlfriend to be the one to escape with her? That's its own question. And maybe she doesn't want Eve to be in positions where she's got to act brave, especially if she's accounting for how she, you know, broke down or broke up. 
how they broke up <laughs> how they broke well, up in rome but well, I, I mean it is what it is it's not pretty it is for what history, it is but, yeah all right well thank you for your question she craze 8888 hope we answered it well for you katie thank you for your question thanks for sending it in Thank you. Hope we mules sufficiently for y'all. All right. The next letter comes from Geek Girl for Life at TV underscore Attic 88 says, one, what happened to Kenny's girlfriend? Do, yeah, that's a good question. That She's plant is reporting. planting things. Right. Thank you. Thank you. She's in the reporting. Bitter pill. Right. Why was she introduced? Technically, she kind of wasn't introduced. She was just at the desk looking. I was about to say the but- <laughs> melanin quota, but there's uh, also Jamie. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say. Every season, we have had a woman of color. <laughs> we have, but who we... has not repeated in the next season, but has been sort of replaced by another woman of color right. who doesn't have much importance to the show. So hopefully, we level back up to where Jess was because if Dread isn't a plant, I think we're all looking at the casting of the girlfriend like, what and why, why and what, what and why? Because doesn't she have to be a plant right now for it to make sense? Doesn't she kind of right. have to be? Right. Otherwise, we're like, why did we see her? Why were they giving us those things? Or is it like Lost? Where they just introduce things to fucking confuse you and make you think things? And they're like, no, no, no. That was that was the Easter egg of nothing. It was empty. It was empty. There's nothing there for you to find. All right. And two, Palashi theory. Maria's family are connected to the Twelve. Oh. And Villanelle marrying her was by design. Yo, I feel like keep... this is definitely a plash. You have Listen, already said some shit like this. I, I, I have. And you know what? Great uh, great Good memory Lord. or great mind. Great minds. Think alike. I appreciate that you. That too. Uh, a way to keep an eye on Villanelle after Rome. Uh, we'll see more <laughs> of Maria in series four. Yes, Howdy. we definitely will because like I said, they're married. <laughs> and I love how you're rejuvenated Villanelle for this fucking muse. and Eve are together and for some reason they happen to just be in some sort of Europe. I could see a Maria just, you know, jet set and wherever. And then she goes, Villanelle. And then, you know, that's all. Oh, did I forget to tell you that I, I maybe got, I maybe got She's married. like, let me introduce you to my girlfriend. Her name is Eve. She's like, no, I know what her name is, Villanelle. Right, Literally, right. you screamed every that night. hoe's name <laughs> every fucking night. You said it was role play. You said, you said it was role play biblical, which would be another callback if they did that to a series one. And her vivid role play that she was doing with mothers on vacation or wives. I'll say wives, wives on vacation. All right. So this next question is from a shepherd's pie on Twitter who says, share some more Geraldine Constantine muses. (laughs) So why don't you share the most absurd thing you can think of right now in relation to Geraldine and Constantine and their love? Well, when we first heard that Gemma Whelan was going to be on the show, I said, oh, Constantine's wife. But then, yeah, she was supposed to be big boned. And so. Wait, what did you add? Uh, that accent. I lost. Uh, is I that know. words? What was that? It was uh, it was words. I said, but then um, it was it was said that Constantine's wife was big boned. Oh, big boned. Right. Yes. Boned. And so. She's too big. She's, right. So she's not the. She's more of the buzzing cousin or whatever they, that uh, <laughs> the song from earlier was. So if I had to get ridiculous for the muse, it's just going to be Constantine being a player and saying, look, what? I did it for the game. It's he not- out here like an early 2000s song. I don't want to be a player yes. no more. Yes. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. Yes. No. Ask your mom about me. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And then mic drop and then I he leaves. I hate it. Lord, 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 Lord. If it's. For some reason, I mean, everybody calls him daddy, and I don't get it personally. It's a I thing. I don't. It, it is. It is apparently a thing. It apparently. is a thing, sir. But, 
I mean, best of luck to to. to <laughs> I'm not saying daddy, but best of luck to Mr. K and uh, Geraldine. Hold your head up, and then I would love for Geraldine to just sort of switch on. I hope somebody says a code word, and she just turns back into like this operative that's like. I, don't I love know. you how you still messy. got your clown makeup on for that, even though they yes. basically said the only messy that Geraldine is is a messy head. So I'm sorry that that's where we are, that we started with a chaotic queer <sighs> with skills, deadly skills. And we are here to a sad, a sad, sad heterosexual situation no. with a grown ass man no. who has taken advantage. And Geraldine in the preview looks like she's begging. Geraldine, and I said, Geraldine, no. why are you begging for Constantine's D? Why is this what we're doing? You're Carolyn's fucking daughter. That's why she sent you the fuck right. away. Because you out here begging for D when D's supposed to come to you, bitch. D is supposed to come to you. You don't beg for D. You don't go chasing, fishing for D. Who does that? I need Sorry. you to tap in I to chase for D. Yeah, never, Yara, hmm. I don't know. Be the typhoid Mary I know you to be. That's be the typhoid Mary. That's, I see you going back to Jessica Jones. And the fact that you know that I'm right. still unresolved with Typhoid I Mary, too that I still need to see those fight scenes, whatever. You're always trying to trigger me when the sun is high in the sky, the workers looking in, and they're like, look at these motherfuckers. Every week we see them in there right, screaming, looking delusional while the sun is up. All right. <sighs> okay. Thank you, Shepherd's Pie, for taking us back once again to the Constantine and Geraldine Muses. I don't know what else I could add. I've added so much to the thing. Right. I don't want it. <laughs> I am horrified. Okay. It is the worst of the worst of the worst. It's like if you had to tape my eyes open to watch the worst of lifetime. I am suffering. I had such high hopes for Gemma Whalen's role before we knew what she was doing. And I just, I'm still at the stage where I refuse to admit that they brought her in just to be Constantine's fuck buddy for a second. If the explicit content has to do with Geraldine showing a piece of side boob, I'm gonna. You preemptively, that's, preemptively turn down the volume. Gonna then. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad. <sighs> All right. All right. So this message comes in from Anna at uh, broody underscore chill. And she says, one, how are you feeling about the red thread of fate, which is East Asian mythology? And two, parallels between Villanelle and Hannibal Clarice, especially in Hannibal movie. Three, I would die for a shot with Carolyn, Eve, Villanelle, and Alina. Shot of them all together. Uh, oh, so to, I yeah. presume that last one is like in a scene, right? Uh, like a shot of them just like together in a group, I would assume. Uh, hopefully, yeah, that's what I would take it as. Like maybe them looking over Arena's kill and then going, mm, it was a little sloppy. I or don't something. know about that. I would take a training scene. I'm thirsty and aggressive. I'm just like, can I just see a Dark Eve and a Villanelle argue over how to teach Arena how to kill? And Carolyn in the back, like that meme, just like shaking her head like these fucking mm-hmm, gays. Why? Mm-hmm. Why did I decide I needed to be the dead mother of the killer gays? Why did I? When did this become Carolyn Martin's? This is what you're doing. This is your job. Holy shit. But yeah, I'll let you finish your answer. Uh but about the red thread of fate, uh, I've, we've seen it in media. It's yet to really, really pull or be this major factoid other than really heavy in the promo. The Then, of course, the ribbon for Still Got It. And then uh, the hair tie for Villanelle when she was uh, trying to bake. <laughs> but uh, maybe we will see more red fabric and maybe it'll be more prominent in uh, episode seven. Maybe it'll just be more prominent in episode eight. Or maybe it just won't be anywhere at all. And it's Or just maybe like, it's nowhere, right? <laughs> right. Maybe it's just nowhere at all. And then that was just the thing to get us all excited for things to, you know. Maybe it was just people owning up to who they are. And then maybe that's 
why we got the Rise Up promo for Eve. And it's just her really rising into and embracing herself and all of her flaws and faults. But yes, it does seem like these characters don't know how to just coexist without smashing into each other. So let's hope that they find an amicable way to do that. Right. That's how I would. I mean, that's how I would sum up my thoughts on the red thread of fate. I mean, I'm still feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling like it's accurate because ultimately when it comes to the red string of fate and East Asian mythology, the sort of thing is that, you know, it is a predestined path. It is a preordained, some would argue, perfect path. And that perhaps like sliding doors, you can make a decision to the left, a decision to the right. But the destiny of you two meeting together is unchangeable. It is unmovable, undeniable. And so I think potentially what I really love about this concept of the red thread of fate as it pertains to Villain Eve is that there's so much emphasis on choices, choices, choices this season as there should be because we need Eve to choose her darkness, to choose to be dark. But at the same time, it's also saying to me that they have no choice but to end up with each other. They have right? no choice but to be around each other. It's like Carolyn being like, give me the food bag, bitch. Well, you haven't even been here two seconds and you're talking about Villanelle. You couldn't even play, pretend. Like she wasn't on your mind for two minutes. Great, great, great. Give me the food back and I'm going to go. I'm just going to leave because I thought we were going to have a productive conversation. Right. And that is not what we had. Great. So I like it because it means that they can't escape each other. It means that no matter what they do, no matter how many little bullets Villanelle tries to fire, no matter how many pigeons try to ruin the moment, no matter how many things are going on, that ultimately Villanelle and Eve cannot be apart from each other for any serious amount of time. And the minute the other one knows that the other is around, they will be drawn to each other like magnets, equal and opposing, pulling forces, bringing them together for whatever chaos and love and mayhem will happen in their pantalones and also to the world, to the world around them. And that is how I feel about it. That is my muse. Uh, but the parallels between Hannibal and Clarice, especially in Hannibal movie. Oh, that was also in this question. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, you can. Well, but for this to even remotely work, it would have to be a... Unless we did this in series two. Well, technically, we no, it still wouldn't ultimately work because Hannibal is free. And this Hannibal is free. And also, this Hannibal's a woman. So, like, it, again, it's a different... Wait, what do you mean? Uh, you lost me there. Uh, Clarice and Hannibal is supposed to be compared to even Villanelle. Even Villanelle. Right, right, right. But I said a that A killer Hannibal, in the mind that wants to understand the killer. So, what were you saying about Hannibal? That in our case, our Hannibal was a woman, so it's it's automatically inherently very different. And then also, this Hannibal or Villanelle is free. This isn't somebody who's locked up. Well, but they also referring into the you know different parts of the book. So of course, Hannibal does not. He is not always locked up. He right. is free. He is free and killing and murdering and other parts he is in jail. But also you would argue that in jail he's biding his time until he gets free again, which is essentially what he does. He's like, bye, I'll see you. This is me breaking out of jail. So are there any comparisons you can actually make besides gender opposing comparisons? Well, I mean, the, the I mean, yes, she's very smart. They're both very smart. I just think that, let's see. Hmm. They uh, want to say they, they kind of boast or delight in the fact that they can revel in how good they are. They did have this knack for being uh, in a, essentially untouchable as far as what they could do. And it was almost like they could get away with almost anything because they could slip in and out and take their victims without no one really knowing that they were there. I mean, one, well, 
I don't know if it's true in the book, but in the series, there was a lot of eating of the bodies. <laughs> and that's probably something. No, eating of the bodies definitely took place. So that would be where oh, the that, biggest difference that's is. That's Hannibal's thing. That's right. his whole that thing. Where... That is his whole creepy thing is he will eat a human and make it if you go based off the show. Right. That's it, very, very expertly like a chef competition quite frankly and feed it to his friends which is just rude yes it is rude so she is talking about hannibal three i want to say that is the one with julianne moore but i will double check oh no i just think that there's a, that's like that will present the third like it was a three-part submission well if she's talking about the hannibal movie there's like three primary ones that star anthony hopkins hannibal which came out in i want to say 2001 silence of the lambs in the early 90s and then of course the red dragon which came out the year following hannibal i want to say so if she's going based off that those films versus the tv show or maybe it is also the tv show there's very different vibes obviously the homoeroticism very evident in the tv show is something that we do not get in the films because of course they're based off the books i mean what i see as similar between the two is obviously the murder because well it's murder and we're not just dealing with a typical murder we're not dealing with an unsophisticated murderer we're not dealing with i would even say elementary rudimentary murderer where it is the type of person that is a slave to their issues their flaws oh you wore red shoes i had to kill you or you insulted <laughs> me i had to kill you or you're a woman just smiling i had to kill you like those are other types of killers and Hannibal was a very calculating killer. He's incredibly intelligent, which was part of it. When you combine those things of extraordinary intelligence and understanding of language and linguistics, then you get a Villanelle comparison because she's very smart. She's very good at blending. She's very good at understanding different concepts, speaking other languages. And so that's there. And I think the parallels of a will, if we go to the TV show or Clarice, in that there are minds drawn to these minds and they share a tether of darkness, even though one appears to be on one side of the spectrum and one on the other. In the situation of Hannibal and Clarice, he is on the side of evil, naturally. She's on the side of good and innocence. And yet she cannot escape her curiosity for who he is, what he does, understanding his motivations and even trying to predict those motivations. And that's Eve. That's, she has yeah. an unhealthy, well, that depends on who you're asking, but many people would say she has an unhealthy fixation and obsession with Villanelle. Hence Carolyn's Messiah complex comment that she made. And that's sort of where I see it because like Terrence said, when you diverge genders under the patriarchy and in this society, there are different things to note that are just automatically different. It's like we've talked about the scene in the kitchen from series one would read completely differently if it was it a dude. It sure would. And, and that's I would sort be of, probably angry. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's kind of what Phoebe Waller-Bridge was, was trying to play with, with her subversive writing is knowing that if this scene had a man and this man was doing this to Eve Pilastri, a lot of people would be uncomfortable. But because it's a woman, we can play with different things, different vibes, different whatever, be a bit subversive because this is not something that we typically see. So I don't even know what that all means. I just hope I'm used enough for you about comparisons. And I do agree that I would like to see all them hosts in a shot together doing something, which I believe I said at the beginning of this, but I can no longer remember. You did. Yay. So thank you, Anna, for writing again. All right. This next question is from Fiona at Fiona X Screen. And she says, how will Adina's detention parentheses imprisonment affect the remaining two episodes i you know what i don't even know i'm gonna go first i don't even know because i think it's ridiculous that constantine took her to prison i think it's ridiculous that's... that he took his own child to prison to kitty prison child prison that's where he took her what what constantine look he needs to die because do you know how fucked up it is 
to snitch on your own family like that. She wouldn't have been in that position had you not put her in that position, Constantine. And now she has to be in a detention center. Until when? And if you get killed, Constantine, isn't that for the rest of her fucking youth and potentially a huge chunk of her adulthood, depending on what happened? Y'all could have just left. Is this motherfucker saying he called the police? Did he call the popo? Did he snitch on his own child? Excuse me, police. Police, I have a I have a daughter here who just ran over her mother's boyfriend. How does Adina get to the detention center without Constantine being the exact person to get her there? So how it affects the last two episodes for me is that Constantine is a whole ass bitch. I thought he was half a bitch. Now he's a whole bitch because I can't believe he put his own child into a detention center when he's out here dealing with villanelles. Really, Constantine? Really? I mean, I I don't see it. I don't know why he thought it would be good for his heart for her to go through whatever she's going through, wherever she's at. Like, I don't, I can't call it. I cannot. So you have no opinion on how it will affect the remaining episodes? Well, if he can't escape, then he's stuck waiting in the water. Waiting in the water. Ultimately, and that means uh, hopefully we'll get less. Well, no, we can't get less. But also, depending on where this person is, if she's in a system, then that means that her name is somewhere, which means other people who can get to information knows where she is, which makes her a sitting duck. So if Constantine can hover around her if he wants, but... Oh, you think somebody else from an agency would seek to use Adina against Constantine? Uh, they could, since now they know where she is. I mean, this is almost better I suppose. than... Uh... Yeah, I guess that is definitely an option. Better than what? I was going to say it's better than uh, being in some version of a secret care or like a... Uh, you know, private sector care or like uh, witness protection. Or... Oh, right, 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 right. I see. Okay, well, um, yeah. Since I don't really even have anything to say about that, I'm just like, yeah, it could be anything and nothing. No idea how it's going to affect the last two episodes because I'm still sort of mystified at why they're showing so much Adina. I initially thought it would be because they were going to take her out in some melodramatic way involving Villanelle or for Constantine to see and scar him. And so now I'm not sure. I'm not sure what her purpose is to serve. Surely it is to do something with Constantine's storyline or maybe like recruiting young assassin babies Mm -hmm. to do stuff. Outside of those two areas, I just don't have anything right now. But yes, thank you, Fiona, for your question. All right. Uh, this next question comes in from Eve Rising, which is at shush Eve smell me. Eve smell me. I think that's what it is. I think we got it. Shh, Eve smell me. Okay. Let us know if that's wrong, if we just interpreted that wrong, but it seems like that's what that is. And the question is, the resurrection narrative seems to be driving the plot forward. Thoughts? Um, Resurrection for both of our ladies? Is that where you're going with resurrection? I don't know. I suppose it's up to us to muse. Resurrection, like the fact that Nico's not dead. Resurrection, the fact that Villanelle's family isn't dead, except they are now, except for... Borka and Papachula. Like the fact that everybody thought that Eve was dead and then she was alive. So Villanelle right. was so like, I guess that's there's that. I guess there's possible. that. But then also... We <laughs> she really that... was, it's not possible, I shot her. But then it's also Carolyn saying, well, we thought that she was dead, but she's she's working. For Villanelle. Villanelle. Okay, right. all right, she's, okay, she's all she's right. Back. And then so everything that uh, Eve thought she put to rest in her body woke up and was like, you know, I, I can't think, I can't. I I need to expel, I don't know, I need to throw up, I need to do so many things. Watching, I don't know, her husband, you said, right, get pitchforked, where she got the ear ringing and everything went in slow motion, but to find out that he survived that, maybe that's a version of his resurrection where he got a backbone when he came back to life this time and was like, 
you know, pissed Maybe off Maybe the overall theme is to resurrect the love that went into hibernation of Villain Eve when Eve got shot in the back. I mean, because there is a theme there. I can't deny that dead to alive is totally a theme they've been working with this whole season. I don't know if it's anything beyond like a general thesis theme of the season. Perhaps it has more relevance. I would just say from a, a surreal perspective that that would be something that I would anticipate that like other things have been renewed, rejuvenated and come back to life or you thought they were dead and done with, but they're not. That's how I'm going to go with Villain Eve. That perhaps a whole lot of people, and we know a whole lot of people did, especially the hats. They were like, well, it's done. Well, who gets shot and tries to be with a person? I'm like, well, it all depends, but maybe this is it. Maybe the final resurrection of the series is the resurrection of the intense in sync, but we are both amicably headed towards this destiny of Villain Eve and their dedication towards each other. Maybe the obsession now turns to loyalty. That actually... I would appreciate right. that. I would appreciate that. That's one of my favorite kinks is the loyalty kink just as a story and in life because gosh. All right. Well, uh, that was Eve smell me. This next question is from Michelle at Rep Salazar. And she says, can you share your thoughts on the new AMC clips that have been shared? The Carol and Eve one, as well as the clip with Philanelle and Helen and the new assassin or bodyguard. We kind of did earlier in the revelations. Do you want to sum up what we said? Terrence? Well, the only clip that they gave us was the one with the diner. Um, Carolyn and Eve, Car and then Villanelle, new assassin player. Lady I didn't Red. get that on AMC. We watched it in the We watched it, but it wasn't from AMC, is what I'm saying. Is this an AMC related question? It's probably not. Well, it says the AMC clips, so it is from <laughs> AMC, but then she tells us the clips. So even though you're okay. specifying that that was from AMC, she's saying the AMC clips, Carolyn and Eve one, as well as the clip with V and Ellen. Got it. So they don't care about whatever that third one was. And I can't even remember <laughs> we watched. I don't know Got what it, it was. Um, oh, it was Irina and Constantine. And there you Michelle. go. She doesn't give a fuck about them. Right, apparently. But um, if we're talking on the brunch, brunch was dope for the reason that Eve Palastri is like, well, you're not very, she, you're not a very good person. But she's not saying it like that. She's saying literally, what is this all for, and why are you just, you know, jerking everybody around? Which is what she feels like is happening. You need me to do all these things for you to help you for with your thing, but I can't get help with my thing. I mean, my thing is hotter than your thing. <laughs> my well. thing is still alive, but <laughs> your thing is dead. Wow. Um, I mean, she's not saying it, but she's but she's kind of saying right. it, right? You know, Constantine was gone. Oh, there goes that lead. But no, <laughs> he's still well. here. He's still. Here. Miraculous recovery. I think Constantine went to the same doctor Villanelle did for her arm after right. she stitched it up. Right? Heal you up in 60 seconds with this special cream. Hey, Constantine. Listen to your heart. Oh, dear. <laughs> I mean, he needs to because, um, I mean, time's ticking. Time's, the tick is ticking out. The tick is ticking. All right. This next entry comes from Rebel Spies. Fleur. From Fleur. Fleur sent this link to this person's blog. Oh, got it. And it reads, unpopular opinion, but every Eve scene gave us a wealth of info on where Eve is right now. Number one, she no longer cares. She's ruined her own past life. Number two, Villanelle remains her priority. Well, well that, is, that is absolutely true. <laughs> Three. She has let go of Nico. Funking, finally. Uh, we'll agree to disagree there only because I feel like she'll still be popping her head and while he's asleep. 
I feel like that's all she was doing. Was I disagree. Just watching him I think they were sleep. trying to say she's walking away from Nico for good. I just hate that there was no exposition. I just hate that we have to read into it until there's something to either contradict it or co-sign it. Right. Which was part of her muse earlier where she was like, look, I need this to be more than just in my head. I need it to be actual. Give me a thing so that we know for sure what we're doing. But, and what's the final one? And four, she is fearless and level-headed in the face of danger. You over well, here talking like Eve's... Um... She is. Because the way she attacked <laughs> Villanelle, she had no preemptive groceries about how she was going to get manhandled. Truly manhandled on that bus. <laughs> That's so rude. That is rude. So... All right. I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion because I feel like it's an unpopular opinion for me, which is that, okay, no, it's not an unpopular opinion for me because I do believe that every, I mean, I said that earlier that every single scene Eve has been in has been relevant. It has been necessary. Not a single minute has been wasted because we barely get any time with her. So every line like the bowling scene was packed with information and discovery and stuff like that. My whole thing is um, I could use more. (laughs) That's all. But I'm with you. Fleur, and who posted this? Rebel Spies on Tumblr. I'm there. I do believe that all of Eve's stuff is relevant and it's going where it needs to go. I just want more. Maybe that just makes me a greedy bitch. I don't know. Oh, I think we are to the inbox now. Was that it from Fleur? That was On this Tumblr link. Okay. I definitely want to shout out, I'm headed to the inbox to see what's in there versus our Twitter musing submissions. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Georgia at GRAC, who sent us a message recently saying they recently discovered the podcast and they were having a great time listening to it. And they also gave me that Patty Power correction. So listen, I'm glad that you Brits, that you UK motherfuckers are like, listen, Candace, you need to know what the deal is so that when you come here that you can gamble appropriately. Like I said, I would like to put money on Villeneuve. If anyone knows of a place that is accepting TV bets and there is an over-under or something on Killing Eve, let us know so I can be full in my clownery for the season finale because that's where I'm at. But they also let us know that, yes, Constantine stood outside Patty Power when he bumps into Geraldine, but Geraldine was, of course, in the shop next door, not in the Patty Power gambling. They also add that it looks like a run-of-the-mill corner shop that she walks out of, which means it's probably also a Royal Mail post office. And that a few years ago, the UK Postal Service was privatized. Oh, dear, I'm getting scared because that's what they want to do in America, and that's a bad, bad... Bad idea. So now instead of dedicated post offices, you usually see post office services coming out of regular inconspicuous convenience stores. And this is why Joe Dean was likely not super surprised to see Constantine just lurking outside the shop looking all nonchalant because she would have assumed that he bought the Jiffy envelope that he's pretending to steal from the same post office. So that was his whole ruse. That was his whole thing is that he was playing pretend. And apparently that was the only aphrodisiac that goddamn Geraldine needed to want to hop on a Constantine knob. And I am still, still disturbed. You know, she was just so moved by his act of kindness. Oh, gosh. They also add that we mentioned how the hell did Eve have the money to just fly out of Poland on a whim? And they're like, well, flights to mainland Europe, pre-corona anyway, are super cheap. Lots of budget airlines operate on these short routes, so she probably could fly to Poland and back for less than two honey, maybe even 150, if she just took some random midweek flight. Well, okay, I'm so glad I have this information. They end with, anyway, I hope that clears up some stuff. It does! It did, it cleared up some stuff. And if you ever want a UK fact checker, then I'm your woman. Well, all right. You did it to yourself when I am inside of your inbox, Georgia. Just remember what you said in this initial DM. Oh, and they also have a mention of, P.S., what the fuck is going on with a bizarre time travel in episode six? Constantine is in Russia, then London, then Russia, then London, then Russia again. What the fuck? Right? Girl, we don't know. Racking up those miles. We do not know. 
That's what he's doing. We are lost like you. But thank you so much, Georgia, for your message. And we are so glad that you found us and are enjoying the episodes. Well, hopefully that visit that he got was his people saying, hey, you need to just chill with all these flights. But, you know, maybe that's Take not what it was about. Take a chill pill. Okay. Back to the books. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is actually a recent one from Alice at Alice Sanders on Twitter. And they write, Hiya, currently listening to the episode six podcast of Wobble Villain Now and got to the part where you're discussing how V managed to kill that politician with the hairdryer. And surely she should have tampered with it. She did tamper with it, but we didn't see exactly what she did. But in these screenshots, you can see she's taken the hairdryer piece apart. So I missed that. So that is in the hotel room. I, for some I'm reason, sorry, thought... but my nerdy ass would have enjoyed it. I just would like to, to just if I could bring you guys back to Emerald season two when Jody was crafting for her bullshit persona right, when she was going to fuck with Gemma. Right. She was crafting and we all enjoyed the crafting moment. So I'm just saying I would have enjoyed for my nerdy self just a little piece of moment. If Villanelle looked like she had a soldering gun. And she was out there doing some fuck shit. Right. I would have just appreciated that. Only would have taken a couple seconds. But okay, great. So I actually like little stuff like this. There's the photo. There are the pieces. It was in the scene. Thank you, Alice, for reaching out because I definitely missed that. Right. I thought that was some sort of elaborate um, landline phone tap. I was just looking was at Jodie Comer's fit and her hair at that time. So I authentically noticed nothing else in the room because I remember thinking, even though her hair is like this for a wig, I just like it. It looks like you're in a gang, a girl gang. The kind of girl gang that I would adore. But okay, that's just my side thoughts that happen. But thank you, Alice. We also have a message from Andrea and she sent this screenshot. I'll read it. It says, season three of Killing Eve is better than season two, parentheses, which I liked more than a lot of people seem to, close parentheses, but season one is still the show's peak. O and Comer are good as usual, but Fiona Shaw and Kim Bodnia have been given more to do and they're both excellent. Wait a minute. I feel like excellent should apply to all four. Like, um, I don't think you yes. say, I, I, I just, I don't know how you say good, good for Villain Eve. And you're like, excellent for Kim Bodnia and Fiona Shaw, which of course they're excellent. And Andrea writes, how do you feel about tweets like this? I as well think these two are excellent and deserve a good story, but some of it has been plot that isn't serving the larger story or our girls. Filler, if you will. Does this person not notice or care about the lack of Eve development thus far? I just know I love season two and it didn't make me feel nearly as salty and worried as this season, which I also like a lot of. But I can like it and think it has good plot potential while also noticing what it's lacking thus far. I've still got positive vibes the rest of the season. Seeing tweets like this making me wonder... Are we watching the same thing? <laughs> is, is this what all the straight males are thinking when watching this season? Assumption. I, oh, right. Because look at the emoji. So the presumption here is that Zach, who tweeted in this screenshot she sent us about season three being better than season two. I guess I'll go first since it's on my mind and I see you staring at the ceiling. I, I'm always going to be like, let's not trust. Let's not love the default statement of most dudes when it comes to content that is designed by a woman. And if I had to say primarily for women's consumption That's and right. everyone else just gets to enjoy. The woman's game. Primarily the consumption of non-men. Let's just, let's just say anyone who's not a man, um, Killing Eve is ideal for you. So 
My whole thing would be that if the gay, if the gay in the show is not your primary reason for going, naturally, naturally, them fattening up the character of Constantine and Carolyn is something that you're interested in because you're just like, where's the additional story? Now, of course, I want more story about Carolyn. I have to be honest and say I care less about Constantine because I do. I really don't care about what his wife is doing, about how they met or how Adina was conceived. I don't give a fuck. But if you're asking me about Carolyn's rotation, y'all bitches already know, y'all bitches already know I will take all that story as, as, as it applies in tandem to what we're seeing on the show. I would like for it to fold in and work. Right now, some of the stuff that's being revealed about Carolyn isn't necessarily folded into the Eve Villanelle dynamic. I think there's a chance it will all come together at the end there because we know Fiona Shaw shares a scene with Jodie Comer, but... I just, yeah, I, I don't know that my opinion will ever align truly with a heterosexual male ever. It might on pancakes. I don't know. Owen oh, Comer, good as usual. Suck a dick. I'm sorry. Like, look how quickly I devolved. I devolved <laughs> from being practical and just even keeled to choke on it. But I, mean, I, yeah, I'll let you give your answer now. I mean, yay, be excited for the expansion of Carolyn's storyline and Constantine. But honestly, honestly, to not be here primarily for Villanelle and Eve and what's happening with them and what they're doing, it seems wild. For the amount of story that you're giving me of Constantine, again, so far, I've not seen the solid L for him to take. For him to walk out of here squeaky clean will be a big gauchery. He needs to go down and hard. 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 Because anyone else Walk that you hard. give exposition to, they're dead. Like that's hard. that's the I'm not gonna say that that's the walking dead thing. I'm not gonna say that. But it might, it might be that I, who knows? It might be I know. Right. I've not watched Fear the Walking Dead, so I can't really give an analysis on that side because I just I haven't. I mean, if I was ever wondering if Eve would be alive throughout the whole thing, it's like, well, I guess she is because we don't know nothing about her. And is that the fear that once you give up the ghost, then she's dead? I mean, I feel like we know a lot about Eve. I just, especially because Sandra Oh does such a great job of embodying this character. I just, in terms of like the meta specific stuff, like what we got about Villanelle, like we had ideas about what her childhood was like. And they were like filling in the blank, but also leaving this other giant gaping blank over (laughs) here. But we gave you this detail. So just be happy about it. So So how did the orphanage uh, send Villanelle to that uh, program. Well, considering right. she burnt it down, they didn't send her ass anywhere. Nowhere. They didn't send her. Someone else did. Someone else sent Villanelle to the gifted school or got her or adopted her or took her in. I don't know. And you know what? We're never gonna know. Apparently. Apparently we won't. But thank you. Thank you, Andrea, for your message again this week. And hopefully we sufficiently mused for you. Okay. Well, this message comes from, it looks like Dabira K. I think so. And it reads, hey guys, I hope you don't find this after you recorded your snacks. We didn't. We're literally here <laughs> at the last bit, you guys. You just made it. Uh, so this thing has been going around for the finale. Uh, basically, it suggests that the 12 might threaten Villanelle with Eve's murder if she insists on leaving. Well, I mean, that's how control works. So I mean, whatever. Consequently, this will lead to Villanelle staying because she understands love. Throwback to the oh finale. Oh my God. Is this a theory? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, but yeah, control. Yeah. Right. I see. You can- if you love someone, let them go. And if they come back, they're yours for show. I feel like I said that at a recent <laughs> snack, but it's relevant again. I am fine with that. But then it would be another finale with them parting ways. But parting I'm not ways, fine with that. I I'm mean, not fine this with that. sounds like they need to just not speak or be around each other. Don't and I don't speak. like that. I know just what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I'm fine with that. But then it would be another finale with them parting ways. Only this time it's out of love. Honestly, this is keeping me up at night. To me, it doesn't mean a satisfying ending. 
I don't want to see them in love on... Wait, I don't want to see them in love on screen? What? Wait. To me, it doesn't mean a satisfying ending period. I don't want to see them bold in love on screen exclamation point. I think we've had enough of thinking, reminiscing, and pining. So maybe you mean you want to see them in love on screen. I don't know, but let me continue Or maybe on. she means like an active action, like not just the implied stares that we've gotten since series one, but like action. Okay. Because Jody and Sandra, they deliver a lot of stares. The lusty stares have been happening since series one, episode one. So maybe she means like a tangible thing. So maybe. we want to see what people's love languages in action. We want to see. She's like love Ooh. in action as in love scene. No, <laughs> like I, can, can Eve feed Villanelle again and not just try the bread, like really feed Villanelle? Like, Sorry, bro? the way my mouth just went agape when you said that. Um, no, but I mean, I pictured my fan fiction. Try the bread was the last time Eve that I remember. No, but you, but. But 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 what needs to happen is but listen 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 listen, but what needs to happen is what you just said. Eve feeding Villanelle because yes. we've already established that Villanelle can't cook a piece of thing, which is probably why she was so thrilled to eat that shepherd's pie, even though Eve wasn't the one to make it because she can't cook for herself. She's an We've anything. seen what she's making. It's not good. So actually, and we've talked about this for myself on the Gentleman Jack Crack thing, that love languages, like food, making things is a love language. And some people like to receive the things. So what if that's one of Villanelle's love language? She loves to eat. And Eve has been practicing at least her dumpling skills, her sapphic dumpling making skills. And so probably there's no place in it for the script right now. I'm just saying that's on my wish list now. A villain Eve wanted moments is Eve cooking for Villanelle. Since we know, even though Eve can cook an omelet, she can, she can do a dumpling. Could you imagine the shepherd's pie coming out and it's like well you know the meat's supposed to be on the inside of la, la, I, know, oh, I know i know my <laughs> god horrified i'm just uh, and eve is out here trying to lie to her bae oh no it's um <laughs> no it's not let me just try a little piece <laughs> 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 um no baby i think it's um i think it's you know what? Just I maybe mean, we get some salt you, up in you here. Uh, garlic. Like, why is this? See, I think Eve would be nice, but you're like, Eve would just rip her apart. I mean, this is horrible. Like, Dasha, throw it away. <laughs> no, don't do that to your bae. That's me. I'm ordering delivery, but we're going to try to eat some of this first. See? It's a nice thing to do. I'm fine with them. But then there would be another finale with them parting ways, only this time it's out of love. Okay, parting ways. They parted ways after the bus scene. But you know what? I didn't feel like I lost hope when I saw them. When I saw Eve enter her own apartment and then smell and go like, hello, thinking someone was there, then seeing her lean back and then hear, admitted Eve, wish I was here. Lean back. I, a big part of me, wanted Villanelle not in Constantine's bed in London. A big part of me wanted Villanelle on the outside of that window that has no blinds because Eve just living reckless, just watching Eve react to the teddy bear. <laughs> Sorry, I just I need to stop. But I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just singing the one lines, and I'm sorry, guys, because they're like, "Is she gonna finish?" I'm not. It's 10:30 a.m. I'm, I'm not gonna uh, finish, you guys. Uh, well, this is, wow, it is. But, yeah, <laughs> but like, I wanted Villanelle right out there, not Nicole, but just out there watching uh, Eve deal with the fact that yes, she was there, and yes, you do smell her, and yes, you are playing her voice on repeat because you smell cannot me, Eve. get enough. I'm and never then, over that line. That, and by then the way. look, her physically outside watching and experiencing all of that would have added to the dancing that she would have done the next day while she was cooking in Barcelona to be like, hmm, so not over me. Because she was there, she saw it. She was there and she saw it. And she it. saw what? Oh, uh, 
Eve go crazy and playing on loop on repeat. Oh, you think she was stalking? No, I'm saying that th- that's what they should have. That's what they should have given us from when. Well, they you know, I've been desperate for Villanelle to resume her thirsty stalking just because that's what I need for my side canon content. But for now, I'm just gonna say she stalked half the time because they've decided to create more plot holes for the show versus filling them. So it's possible. Remember, there's no times. There's no times. We don't know when Villanelle was at Constantine's right. in a bed. We right. don't know when she left Constantine's. So she could have been outside right. of Eve's window with no curtains or anything. You could just be across the street and see exactly what's going on in Eve Palastri's right. apartment. And she could have rubbed one out on the road. For all we know, oh my God, did you see why Canarsie was trending yesterday? No, no. I went into the hashtag on the Twitter and it was a video in Canarsie of some person blowing out another person's back behind a car on the pavement. And I said, really? You probably got COVID on your knees, bruh. This is what we do. We fucking outside, outside the pavement, New York, New York, New York. And so that's why Canarsie was trending. You live trending. in your parents' house. I it's live not, in my parents' house. But it's, oh, and now that you say it, because of the Rona, there aren't those other spaces people would go wrongly to do their sex, like an Apple store or a McDonald's. Right. The, the best you'll get is maybe the subway platform because there's it's sir, empty. Sir, stop it. Think of the germs, sir. I mean, the germs are there, but people are doing it. Didn't we talk about the Rona monster? In the sewers? No, no! And and that's how it breeds. Terrence, he was on his knees. So I feel like his stuff could have been dragging across the floor. And I just feel like that kind of unsanitary behavior. And I said, what about you, lady? What about you? What about the UTI you're about to get, bitch? This is not of God. This is not of Lilith. This is not what we do. See? You (laughs) went to Canarsie. You put it in there. Oh, is that DeSeuss? A DeSeuss and Meadow? Video shows couple having sex in Brooklyn. Subway That's not the station. video. It's not. That's is... so there's another couple having sex. <laughs> this is New York. And I guess I would They're be a lion ass fool. I would be a lion ass fool if I said I've never if I was if, half I, my if age. I if I I don't have to be half my age to jaunt like this. However, this is not my scene. Like dirty dirty in between two dirty pillars in the subway terrence that's not my scene I my mean, scene is in the opera my scene is in a theater nah, house I get you. my scene is in a concert my scene is in a museum it is not it is not on the dirty pavement if i would have been the new york floor i don't know me 2 a.m i'm mad at you between, i'm mad that you're pointing and creating okay, diagrams right. so of what not what to I do would, what i would need is you know those, those person, black garbage bags wait, i mean the, i need the black round garbage bin so wait is that bitch bent I over also need, yeah, the bitch is bent I, I, over yeah okay. so but I would also need, you know, that other bin, the one that looks like it's a uh, padlock from the top. Yes. So I'll need one of those bins there. I'll need the round garbage bin there. And then probably like right in between. Oh, you're right. Just, you're like, can I get a little piece of privacy? A little piece a little would piece be nice. Privacy? Because I feel like the least private. Well, no, that's not right. That's not true. So I was you, thinking about McDonald's. Can't just keep that story. Germs. No. Well, listen, it. listen. All I can say to you is that I have a situation at McDonald's once when I was younger, I, I would be lying to you if I, if I said it didn't. I mean, it's a rite of passage. The only thing is, is that you know that McDonald's 24-hour ones be the only ones open when you lead a club at like uh-huh, 5 a.m. Uh-huh. So if something jaunty or really gay slash potentially legal is going to happen, it might be in a McDonald's because guess what doesn't have bathrooms, Terrence? Bodegas, all right? So there's that. I agree with you that that is, that is not the video I was That's, talking about. Uh, that is a different video. And I'm upset that New Yorkers are trending for fucking outside just, in these Rona times. I'm upset. I am upset and dismayed. <laughs> oh, 
My God. At least his knees weren't on the floor. At least there's that. Because right. the other guy, he was on the floor. I just feel like diseases and germs and things were definitely caught in there. And oh, someone sad. across the street was like, oh, you really banging it out, huh? Like there was commentary because it was just ah. behind a car. It was behind a car. Sorry, it was behind the car. I forget. What were you doing before you went to Twitter to search that? I don't forget. You like in a tweet. What was I doing? Let's see. What nope. got us to the sex? What? Uh, how did we get there? Hang on. We were there because... Mm. We oh. were asking about the well them being sort of um, separated out of love, and what I was saying was, depending on how you looked at it or read into it, they already parted ways in in the early episode in episode three, and when they parted, it was not really out of love. Well, you can't really confirm that it was in love, depending on who you are. A Villanelle watching an Eve closing her eyes and leaning back listening to her voice on loop she'll be like yes she's not over me yeah there was um, a head but but you know what she just couldn't she didn't know how to resolve that feeling that she had and that's what you she know how i think do. about eve plastry pain and her pleasure that's a turn on <laughs> oh i'm sure like because it's a sign of passion like yeah okay there's reasons for eve plastry to be mad but i believe like i said when we were recapping the episode if eve had just been chill and not a headbutt a bitch that's cause for villanelle to be concerned with eve headbutting you all incorrectly so that she hurt herself as well you're like that's love bitch like that's villanelle was high-fiving herself and how awesome her life was only for Tatiana to take all that confidence and shred it literally in a shredder with all of the happy feels that Villanelle had left. So that was sad because that's what happened. She was on the up. She was up. She was up. She's baking cake. She's up. She goes to see her family. She's down. And then I think potentially she goes from potential of like, oh, yeah, I could totally be with Eve. She's not over me to let me feed all the way into this potential to my family. I get to my family. Potential's dead. And maybe she also perceives potential for now, at least potential is dead with Eve. Because here I thought, here I had hope for my mom, like I had hope for Eve, but now this has been deaded by Tatiana. So obviously I won't have anything good or decent in this life. And that's why I'm spiraling out of control. Right. Like, a, could you imagine a Helen or, or can you imagine Leah Red is telling you if I get a whiff or whim that you are for some reason trying to engage in this, this fantasy of you escaping leaving the country if you leave the country without my say so mm, mm -hmm. is going down oh that's the last part of this that's the first part of this oh right um so what, what, what it's is... basically suggesting that the 12 might threaten villanelle with eve's murder if she insists on leaving consequently this will lead to villanelle staying because she understands love so instead of i guess going with constantine if he was trying to escape She's not going to go with him if he's going to take her because he can't take Adina because she can't leave because her leaving will kill Men, I like it. It's neither compelling nor what I want. Right. It just, it feels boring. And it also feels like, why though? To me, if the writers do stuff like this, it's because they're literally inventing, clamoring ways to find new ways to keep the bitches apart. Instead of doing what the narrative demands, bringing them back together, they are clamoring to find less interesting ways to keep them apart. That's how I see that. We it's a less interesting path. We already got the Raymond threat last season. I mean, how, how more intricate can a threat from a member of the 12 B after Raymond says everyone that you love. And I took it from Elan that they were like different approach bitch. That bitch tried to take Eve out herself and look at how completely she destabilized and she left the game. She literally left the game and married somebody. And so I just don't know that that makes any sort of practical sense. And I'm at least taking at this point in time that the lady in red got some brains. She read all the files. She understands the sapphic flow and she is trying to use all that information to manipulate Villanelle as all watchers, keepers, holders of the 12 do. Right. 
And how well that will work for her remains to be seen. But I think that's what she's doing. And I believe she understands that part of that is letting Eve Pilastri breathe because they don't want to see the villanelle that is conjured when someone else is responsible for taking out Eve Pilastri. That is a scary place. Oh, I don't think anyone wants to see it. Not at all. Well, we hope that that was amuse enough yes. for you. I'm so glad we were able to get your message in time before we were done with the muses. Thank you. It looks like Debira, but I don't know. Thank you, Debira K. Hopefully you said that right. Oh, quick message here from Lex at Lexternet. And they write, hello. First off, I'm a huge fan of both Well Well Villanelle and Gentleman Jack Crack. Oh, yay! Welcome. Loving your podcast energy. Second, can I have the link to the Spotify playlist you mentioned in the pod, which are inspired by Killing Eve and Gentleman Jack? Please. Your random, brilliant, inspirational songs always crack me up. Oh, yay. Okay, Lex, I'm so glad to hear that from you. As Terrence knows, I've been working and it is reaching epic proportions. I actually have a whole entire ass plan to do a set. And since we're in Rona times, I don't see why I can't just do it whenever I want. And if you guys are around and you feel like going in there and joining me, or if you guys just want to leave me in there with one person on the live and that person being Terrence on his phone, that's fucking fine. But I have been working on playlists, Masonry playlists, Villeneuve playlists. I kind of have a thing going on right now that I was thinking of doing for the Zoom party, which is like a playlist by season. I'm really proud of it. Ah. Like episode to episode, what our girls are going through. And, of course, Gentleman Jack Crack, which, with all that gay drama, God, the song inspiration literally, literally doesn't end with that fucking show. So, Lex, we will definitely do that soon. Please be on the lookout. But we will also DM you personally when it is finally linkable for you to see. All right. And then the inbox from Lauren. Lauren! Uh, let's see on the left and the right. On the left, Carolyn making Kenny's breakfast. <laughs> on the Let right is Carolyn making Geraldine's. Gerald's breakfast. Oh no! Uh, I don't know if you guys have the seen love this meme. Has been sucked out of wow. that breakfast. So on the left, we have is that a toast in a teddy bear head? And that's what it looks like to me. It's like a oh my god! It's even got the nose and the eyes. Mm. It is perfectly cut. There are strawberries and blackberries. That's, I love having stuff like that for breakfast. Oh, look at that. What kind of drink is that? It looks delicious, though, whatever that drink is. And some oranges. It looks all well put together. And then on the right side, we have some (laughs) half-gone coffee and a piece of bread with no center. They just left the edges, the ends, the, the part that your mom potentially cuts off for you when you're a child. So it's they, just look, the innards. No, you made Kenny's breakfast. And you oh, wait a minute. Right. 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 Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That's another level. So Carolyn took the the teddy head out of the bread that she left for Geraldine on that dry plate. Okay. With her leftover coffee. Oh, my God. Wow. But that's also accurate. I swear, Lauren be sending the best jokes. Okay. So what's the second one she sent? Oh. Yes, that's, I guess that's Eve to V, where she's... Oh, you have to tell them the okay. title. Yeah, so it says Eve in the season three finale. And what you see is a uh, gifts of... Fleabag. Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Fleabag. And she says, do you still wank about me sometimes? Oh! Sometimes your ego just needs a little boost and your self-esteem. <laughs> okay. That's actually super poignant and accurate. I... A little ashamed of the obnoxious sound I just let out, but I kind of want that question answered. Right. Do Although you? it's rhetorical. Do you? It's rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> and Villanelle's just like, yes. Okay. Was that it from Lauren? Just fun memes? Mm, well, yes. thank you, Lauren, as always, for being the shit. Oh, we have a message from Jessica. Jessica at Lilvin. Uh, don't know if I said that right, but they write, I just finished the snack episode and chef's kiss. Thank you. And when you were talking about the archery, it made me think you guys, if you haven't already tried it, would greatly enjoy Axe 
hatchet throwing. I hope the ones in BK survive the. Uh, my, look at what's Listen, happening in my voice. It's. I, 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 I know hope we survive too. But is it? Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Speak. I was gonna say speak, there is an axe throwing place. I don't know who else is in the BK area, but there is one that's not too far from the. I believe, sir. Uh, I know, but you chat about. Uh, okay, all right. Well, no, yes. it's like we were saying in the last snack. It's very on brand. Yes. For this neighborhood in which we reside, that it's you know it. Yeah. Do I throw an axe as often as say Jason Momoa? I would love to because he seems to throw them all the time. I do not, but I have wielded an axe to throw. I think I mostly have that experience from when I was trying to be a lumberjack. You know, you're on vacay, you're doing things with your friends, and I was like, I'm gonna cut this fucking wood, and I excelled at cutting that wood, and I felt really jaunty. But no, I haven't made a regular practice of it. But now that you mentioned the place I am familiar with, I'm like, I should do a thing. Like maybe that should be a, a Rona resolution. When the Rona is done, I will mm. practice throwing an axe once a week, just in case the apocalypse comes, and I need to get a bitch mm. right in the forehead. I need to buy an axe. That's really the thing, is I don't have one, and I think that's the problem. Like I have one, but it's more of like a, a medieval prop, so that doesn't really count. I well, need. I mean, you know, the only thing that separates a, a prop from a, a full is use. You're right. Use. Um, no, you're right. Sharp, sharpen it. No, you, know, you're, get a, no, you are correct. Mm-hmm. That's what the firemen said when they saw my danger room. And they said, ma'am, can you remove these things from the wall? And I was like, all of them. I told you that story. They came in because they had to do some fireman shit and go through the thing to the side of the building. And they walked through and they were shooketh. They didn't know what was wrong with me and why I had the many weapons. But I feel like they had also a respect for me. They were like, could you take these down? I'm like, is it because they're scaring you? Like the one cop was there was like, literally, could you just take it down? I'm uncomfortable. And I was like, I really feel like that's saying more about the police than me, that you're uncomfortable just being around these things. But okay. All right. Okay. And I did. I took them down temporarily. So nice. But one of them was like a very curved, it was a fantasy, like a double, think of like a shock room, but like if you broke it apart and it's got like a double edge yes, thing that you yes, can write. Yes, yes, so yes. it's not real, so, but it is real. Right. You know what so I'm saying? It's like, I don't want to say a happy face and a frowning face at the same right, time. Right, but it okay, is. Right, right, But right, it is. Right, if you go real right. quick, you got two bitches. <laughs> right. Two bitches, two zombies, whatever. And so it was like. The cop was looking at that and just look horrified. <laughs> and so, yeah, I had to take my weapons off the wall for them to walk through. But yeah. I, I might like weapons. I mean, I don't use them, but I, I might like them a little bit. <laughs> I, I know. I know you like them. You know, I got that He-Man sword. I should bring it to the studio where it's like, and it's one of the most more ridiculous purchases because it is the size of a He-Man sword. And I just wanted it to one day by myself in the sidewalk. I have the power of Sapphire. That's right. Just so my neighbors could be like, this bitch again. God, Candace. <laughs> That's it. That was, I, yeah. So um, hopefully we answered your question. Yes, hopefully we did. <laughs> we like access, Jessica. And thank you for checking out the show. So glad to hear you're enjoying yourself. Um, I think that might be it for Gayo Correo, but let me just double check. <laughs> I think these other ones are just people sending us stuff, like right after Those are the episode. Tears. Oh my God, right. So this is from Perry. And Perry sent us a tweet from the official Rubik's account in which someone looks like they did. Let me turn this on. Sandra O. Wow, yeah, someone. Oh, <laughs> That's nerdy and fantastic. Mm. It really applies to the part of my personality that just loves symmetry and numbers. Yeah, I like it. Thank you, Perry, for sending this. And if you guys are interested, hit us up in the DMs. Although, actually, if you just search Rubik's Cube Mosaic and then 
Sandra O. Oh. It'll probably come up because it's on their official account from May mm. 10th. Yeah. Shout out to at watch someone. That's a kinky name. That is. Friend. But I know you sent us a message about covering the GMA Network article. Hopefully we covered that sufficiently for you. But if there was something else you were curious about that we didn't just get back into those DMs. Oh, I didn't even see Sigma Esquire. I forgot to mention this message. She writes, okay, I'm sorry, but someone on, on Facebook asked, and I fucking quote, what if Nico is Villanelle's dad or uncle? Ma'am! Uh, what? Ma'am. Is it? Read it. It's there. What if Nico is Villanelle's dad or uncle? What? Vic? I know this isn't you. I know you're just passing on the ridiculousness, the clownery from Facebook. But what is going on in Facebook proper if this is what people are discussing and theorizing, sir? I just, no, no. Because they're like, not, I don't even have English then, words. So what's Buzz and Cousin all over again? But this time oh, it's Oh, no! Yes, but also, yes. No, but yes. Yes, but no. No, but yes, sir. And um, there's that. There's a lot of buzz and I ain't got time for this. Shout out to everyone who made sure we saw that goddamn streaming thing that would be happening. Oh, we did have another message from Fleur on Tumblr. And she sent a post. It was an addition to the unpopular opinion one that you read earlier. Been posted by Coffee Powdered Lesbian. And they write, I think what makes this season stand out is the theater-esque plot. Instead of each episode being fast-paced, the season itself acts like one episode. Mark my words, all these plots will be resolved and it's going to be epic. Girl, well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be where you are. I do believe the ending will be epic. Do I believe all the plots will be resolved? The plot holes? I don't know. I found so many holes and subplots, so I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that I would like for the major ones to be resolved. Carolyn, where do you stand, Carolyn? Where do you stand? Have you been involved with the 12? Were you ever? And if not, what's your future look like with what's happening here? Are you taking him down with our girls? I certainly hope so. Villanelle and Eve, where y'all stand and hopefully together, tethered by your obsession and also your invisible red thread of fate. Geraldine, I'm sorry. Get out the paint, girl. You decided that you came into the show to fuck Constantine. And so you can leave. Adina, hopefully Eve and Villanelle can break you out of prison, kid prison, kid killer prison, and take you, adopt you. She's the gaby. She is the already grown baby that they need. Because do we need Villanelle with a baby right now? I feel like she needs time before we just give her a baby. Like, just time alone with Eve. But Adina is the perfect interim. She can help them on their murder spree to get the 12. And if Constantine's dead, in relation to that, she will want revenge. Just in general, because we know she can't stand her mom. I mean, she can't if she just ran over her man like that and left her. Like, uh, hmm. Is that supposed to be another thread along the thing? Like, bad mother-daughter relationships? Because they seem to be implying that Adina... And her mother are not close at all. Well, you know, Arena's of that age when you know you want to murder people, so. Oh, is that? Is that the age? Mm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Jardine, if you don't go down in episode eight, that means that we'll see you again, maybe? In oh, my four. gosh. Sorry. I just see that Saudi had sent these, this meme, and that actually made me laugh. It's a remix of that Lindsay Lohan meme that's from her paparazzi video where she calls somebody a cunt and then like two seconds later the paparazzi's like why'd you call so-and-so a cunt and she's like what i never said that and they're like we got you on tape and she's like no it's my friend so this is someone saying killing eve twitter fandom every half hour and that's accurate and yeah, so instead of blank accurate. it is suzanne's name in there and then who why'd you call suzanne a cunt who me i never said that we got you on tape Suzanne's my friend. She's my best friend. I think that's accurate of the fandom online. The fandom oscillates back and forth. They believe one thing, one second, and there's a new article or photo or fake article or some bullshit. And then you're on the other side and you're flailing. And to be fair, if this show wasn't so good, I don't know if people would flail as intensely as they do. No, but it's a really 
great show. Every single actor on it is incredible. And so there's, uh, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. The fervor we have, we knew obsession was a thing that went hand in hand with the show. That's literally how they marketed it in the first season. It took a little while for the rest of the world to catch up. But for those of us that were there in season one, we know that the feral nature of obsession and needing to know what's happening with these women has been there from episode one. Series one in the bathroom. Wear it down. Wear it down. Right. Right. I hope the chat can keep itself together when Sandra O oh is in the chat. But at the same time, I kind of want to see the fans do what they always do when Sandra O oh is in a chat and she Hi, starts Sandra. to put up her hair. Right. Did you wear it down? Wear it down. Wear it down. Wear it down. <laughs> can I see your legs? Like, no. It, it gets well, a, don't do that. That's don't what do they that. would. Listen, Vanessa, like, I already know what's going to be happening on this chat. <laughs> the only acceptable joke is wear it down. Oh, my God. I feel like I've seen things about people potentially acting out in the chat. I don't know what that's about. I've not had the time or I've not actually looked. I just hope that whoever joins the chat, please behave with a sense of decorum. This is not, I was trying to think of a name of an orgy party, but it's not that. And then I was yeah, like, well, if that. I can think of a name of an orgy party, I probably shouldn't say it out loud. So it's not that. It is a place to go and share intellectual thoughts about performances right, and right. stories and narratives. And we are very fortunate in these Rona times that Variety has been able to orchestrate this with all these hosts at the same time, especially because they are in different time zones. So I'm sure that would be a little bit more difficult than usual. But yeah, so I don't know what was happening in the chat. I just know I'm excited about the chat and I just hope that people can keep themselves together long enough to manage a piece of decorum if we can as we get fan uh engagement as we are engaged as we are the fans of these um of these writers and director and unfortunately we don't get to see a writer it's just a thespians but i'm actually good with that it's sally and she's you know one of the primary producers since the get-go and then it's the ladies and oh. so i can only mean that whatever's happening is so significant to our three top bitches that there's no time for really Suzanne to come and talk and perhaps that's after the fact and because we don't know what we're going to see I just imagine whatever we do see we will have the uh, top oh. questions for those three right. and just want to know where were you where were you in your head Fiona Shaw are you excited to get your future Emmy because um, I'm calling it now I don't know why but at the same time I do know why I just get a feeling a tingly that happens Terrence knows this and I'm like never wrong I don't know why I'm not wrong but it just is how it's been and I'm feeling really confident right now about not only Fiona Shaw's Emmy nomination mm -hmm. but Emmy win for what she turning in for Carolyn Shaw. That's all. You guys know I was upset last year that they played her and I think this could be a bitch year. Right. But I think that's it, man. I think that's it. I think I'm done. I need to stretch my back. But yes, I think, I think we are finally done with Gayo Correo. And that brings us into Spotted on Twitter Tumblr. Oh, all right. Um, you guys see this? Wait, I'm is that Twitter Tumblr? What is it? Send it. Right, immediately. It all right. right here, now. Here, all right. So all the things. All right. So I don't have too many spotted ons. I have two more or less. This first one is from Killing Judy. Um, I want you guys to go on and take a peek at her thread on the Twitters. Uh, Killing Judy is her at. Is that her at? No, that's her name. Or is that her at? No, it's her at. Killing Judy. Lord. And she basically tears down the bowling scene. And she does it from a, like eye level lens. Like she has a super breakdown that I... I was obsessed with. It made me feel really, really excited just to let go through all of the about. frames. Um, I think I may open have the seen link. it. Let's see. Oh, well, let's talk about how. Oh, Killing you're talking about May. Yeah. Uh, at uh, Killing Judy. But yeah. At Killing Judy. I, you know what? I rarely look at people's ads. I oh, just right. remember the icon pictures. Although that can be fucked up because a lot of people use Villanelle and Sandra O. Oh. But true. they are using Sandra O oh and Orange. 
which is very specific. And mm-hmm. actually, I've noticed that they do a bunch of uh, cinematography related things. I wonder if they are in the arts of visual presentation. And she definitely breaks down like be. framing. And that's, that, a, that's, yeah. that's a film nerd right, right there. That's right. A, definitely a film but, nerd. And, and I was getting excited as I was going through. As you should. Right. As you should. Right. So, oh, right. So that's the thread where she's talking about the tension. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's on Twitter. It's still up. Go and heart it. Retweet yeah, it. Yeah, we'll link it. Yes. If you guys give a shit so you can check out her mini Twitter study, TED Talk slash TED Talk, about why the bowling scene was so damn good. All right. I guess that means I'm up. Look at me. I'm standing in this weird position because my back is like, ho, you need a different position. Okay. So let me click my first spotted on. I don't have that many either. And that's because I had way too many muses going on. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So you see this? It's a tweet I saw from Gabby at Jody's Emmy. And it is a video clip. And the tweet says, if this isn't how episode eight ends, then I don't want it. And it is a woman from a common meme in which a dude hops up on her to get a piggyback. Well, not a piggyback, to get a a ride. He is up there. He's being held. She is holding him firmly with her biceps. It's great. And so the girl holding the dude, she has Eve superimposed on her head and the dude has Villanelle. And I just thought it was adorable and actually accurate. Like I could see Villanelle clamping to Eve like a koala. Like, just take me somewhere and feed me food. (laughs) And Eve would do it. <laughs> this is from uh, Killinelle, and it's so it's Jan. And so oh, someone right. did a side by side, tweet. and it's Kill Bill and Killing Eve. Women and, with blood on their face when it's yes. the blood of their enemies. Sorry. Right, right. <laughs> it's hot. Sometimes the best way to hack through a mantrum is, you know, with to a actually ass. hack right. through a man. <laughs> yes. Okay, and actually, coincidentally, my second spotted on for this week is also from May at Killing Judy. And it's because their aesthetic for the type of fan art... Look at me. I'm tapping the screen. Candace, you are sleep-deprived. Okay. These look like posters that I would... No, they are. That's exactly what they are. And so I presume that I could probably have a pretty fun film, nerdy conversation with this May, judging from the aesthetic of what they do. I had already retweeted, I want to say at the beginning of the week, a different version of posters that she did that were in color that I really was feeling. And so this actually gives me very specific um, 40s, 50s theater, maybe a bit of 60s, depending, vibe of topography and setting it up. And I just love that they have a very clear aesthetic of what this is and they can replicate it because Killing Eve is such a great content machine to mine for this kind of stuff and so in this if you can see they've made two posters for end of game and this first one features the bowling alley and it's like based on the villano novels by luke jennings i like it's just like a, it's like a whole markup i'm like are you in school are it's you giving clever. this to your professor i hope clever, so are right? you putting this on your resume for someone to see i hope so and this second one is this great this is yes. literally yes. the definition of a song yes. i'm probably gonna put this smile from Medina on a shirt and give it to somebody but yes it is this beautiful Perfect. Misandry smile right after she ran over a man. And it's another poster. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure May has a red bubble. I'm pretty sure I've seen them tweeting about it. I will hit them up in the DMs to see if they wouldn't mind us doing a little promo for anyone who might be interested in some of these posters. But yeah, that was it. I saw it. It was artistic. It pleased my eye. It made me smile. And I was happy that they existed. All right. If that wraps up... uh. Spotted on. Oh, wait. Actually, I do have one more. I forgot. (laughs) Sorry. I've seen a picture and I'm laughing and it's rude. This last one is from Drunk Jody. 
see it, Drunk Jody. And it says, I can't believe every fucking character this season has been gay except the one we all thought was going to be gay. And instead they made her have a thing with Constantine. And the thing that fucks me up is this Kerry Washington uh-huh. picture meme. Like, why they got to do Kerry like that? But also, is it not accurate? It's That's the effect. So obviously, they're talking about Geraldine. Yes, they are. And our lost chaotic queer. We got so many chaotic queers this season, but one of them was not Gemma Whalen, which is a travesty. A travesty! But it's what happened. And now that concludes my spotted on. Good <laughs> stuff. Sorry. All right, so let's get down to our final takes. This is the end, guys. Well, almost the end. The next episode that comes up is going to be our pen ultimate episode. That means uh, the setup to knock down should have been episode six, but I feel like we weren't set up enough. Yes, there was a lot of side plot. Yes, we have an understanding of where people are and where they are going, but what we don't know is how Eve and Villanelle will meet or where. Um, and so it's bothering me and my hunger. <laughs> Maybe it's the golf course. Maybe it's the train station. Like those once photos we saw many, many months ago. Don't ask me where this accent came from. No, no, no. Trying to stretch and stand and record at the same time. Um, so I, as much as I, I do sound like I'm a down, I'm uh, a laugh away from a tear. I'm, I'm, I have not lost hope. But at the same time, the fact that it's messed with my future vision, like I could have, I'm, I'm sure during the hiatus, I had so many wild dreams of how I wanted my girls to be together. But now it's like I'm holding two popsicle sticks together. Like it's, I, I mean, uh, the clown makeup is is on for, for different reasons. I, I don't know what it is. It's, I, I just need less, I need less fluff is what I need. I need less fluff and I need more of my girls either leveling up or, or getting to back together. They they have so much to talk about. You know, I like to be somewhere wavering in the middle. I like to be, again, like a laugh, one laugh away from a tear. But I am so, I'm, I'm, I'm not in quicksand. I'm in the tar pits. But you know what? Even though I'm... <laughs> At the at the very best, I'm preserved. But at the very worst, I'm gonna be just out of the paint in two weeks. But I want there to be a cohesive narrative where things work out for my ladies, and I get all of the details that matter. And I'm excited. I excited. I want to be. I want to be the loudest, most jauntiest, most turnt person, and having a great time watching a great episode. I don't want to have the drink before we go live before the episode because that's me just cushioning my own blow like i don't want that i just want sometimes the you be drinking be... anyway on your own Listen, I, know, I know but this would just level it up so i no, i understand i do i do i do so i mean just I, I i pray that you just are kind to me you are kind to the uh to the killing eve stands and you you just 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 i mean we're here we're rooting for you just just let it be a thing that we were excited and and let let us just continue to be right. <laughs> yes. Let us continue to be right. Let us continue to be right. And for my final take, I I'm gonna stand up to deliver this final take because I really need to stretch. I'm I don't know what my final take is. My final take is that Feral Candace is back. Feral delusional, full of the clown makeup contour. Candace is back because it is. I I'm back to thinking that I'm getting everything that I want. Wanting more lines from Eve is one thing, but thinking that I'm getting everything I want in terms of villain Eve, Dark Eve rising, whatever the fuck could be going on with Carolyn, that's where I am. That's what I'm feeling. I can't put all the pieces together. I'm still with my chart, with my strings going everywhere, but 
I am feeling good. I'm feeling like, yo, we got to get a fucking love speech, bitch. How do we not get a love speech? We have to get vulnerability from both Eve and Villanelle together. Eve has to choose Villanelle this time, doesn't she? Doesn't she? Doesn't she? Doesn't she? Oh, what are we doing if she doesn't? And my God, can this be the season that Eve wears another strappy dress? Better yet, if it's no straps, sleeveless. Like, Ooh. I just, the scar. Like, like it has to happen this season, right? Like, I just feel like there's no fucking way that Eve and Villanelle see each other again. And Villanelle does not get her eyes on that goddamn scar. Like, she has to. She wants to. She's desperate. She's probably dreamt about it. She's probably had weird fantasies about it. I'm just saying I want to get confirmation of it. And I really feel like at this time, you guys, I'm there. I'm there with the optimism. I say we're getting Eve in a red dress. Bitch, why is she in the teaser <laughs> in a red dress if we don't get Eve with the red dress? Somebody make it make sense. We're going to get another kiss. That's right. We're going to get another kiss because Jody said it's very moving. It's very moving and very sweet. Sandra L was talking about going down a decibel. I'm like a decibel in the pantalones because what is going on besides what I need? So that's my final take, guys. We're getting it. We're getting it. We may not be getting as many Eve lines as we want, but we are getting Villain Eve. We are getting Dark Eve Rising. And I think season four is going to be the swan song of Killing Eve. And it's going to be the best season under the head of Laura Neal, creating the massive bookend to Phoebe Waller Bridges season one with our hoes doing something. And maybe it'll be like people say in the books. Maybe they live. Mm. Maybe they burn down a 12 and everything and they go to live their sapphic dreams. Hopefully not in Alaska and someplace warm. That is more appropriate. Like Cuba. <laughs> so I don't know. That didn't make any sense. Um, oh, oh, they also have sense. to adopt Adina because Constantine is going to die. And her mother is obviously useless. And her man is dead. And so we just need for all four hosts to jaunt off together into the future of season four. Those four hosts are Carolyn, the reluctant watcher. The reluctant watcher <laughs> of her problematic fucking gay kids, which include Villeneuve, of course, Villanelle and Eve, and baby Adina, right. who's just an apprentice. But isn't she already better than so many? I'm just saying. So make of that final take what you will, y'all. It is what it is. It's all I've got. It's about to be 11 a.m. Ask Terrence, I'm delusional. I'm standing in a crease stance. Like, you know, the power rock stance. When you got your guitar and you're doing that, that's what I'm doing, you guys. So it's time for me to end it before it gets even weirder in this fucking studio. All right. That was an awesome final take. And thank you. Thank you. So I guess that brings us to our favorite line of the week. Favorite line of the week. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right, guys, first up is my line, which perhaps at least half of you can already guess what this line is <laughs> and why it's my favorite. But yeah, let's let's get into that shit. You're up. Tie up that hair, girl. That's right. Let's get down to business and defeat Dasha. Sorry, guys, that was probably really corny. So why are you here? Do you want to ask about my gold medals? Mm. I thought it was bronze. Oh! You know who I am. And wow. that's it. That's it. That's wow. the move. That's the statement. Wow. That is the flex. Wow. Heard round Barcelona, if I had to guess. If we could just zoom in to the dude in the back. He's in the back. <laughs> but the shoe's like, oh my God. From here, I heard and felt and saw that. All right, next up is Terrence's favorite line this week. Would you like to intro it for the people? Sure. It's a delusional Epilastri telling her husband, <laughs> I'm promised I'm going to find whoever's responsible. And then a hand goes up and the plaques heard around the world gave us the words he did give us been the dying hand. to read. Polls. Polls. Yes. Off. Forever. 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 Bye, ho. 
I love how we have the two opposite end of the spectrum. You have completely delusional mm. heterosexual wife still trying to do something decent, Eve. And I have Dark Eve rising. Dark Eve rising. Hair pulled up, ready to fuck Dasha all the way up. And she did. That she did, you guys. She did. And I live, I still live, I breathe. Favorite scene of the episode, hands down. Cool. Well, I guess that wraps up our favorite lines for this week. It does. Any predictions on who will say your favorite line next week? Can I predict now? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, That's the point. Philanel's got her jaunt back, which is great for her. But I want I want a froggy Eve. I want a froggy-er Eve. I, I was going to say, I want Eve to kill somebody and deliver a really, really incredible line. If it's not Eve, I will take Villanelle. Feeling back, semi, semi back to herself. I hope it had nothing to do with that damn hug. The lady in red, but just other stuff trying to come together. But yes, yes, yes. My first choice is Eve just for the dark Eve rising. Second choice would be Villanelle. All right. Real quick, guys, we want to mention that we're going to be doing a massive giveaway, kind of like how we did last year, but a little bit bigger. A lot a bit bigger. A lot say? a bit bigger. A lot a bit jauntier. Definitely gayer than the last one, oh, but yeah. all about Villain Eve. So in this thing, picture's coming soon because it's some of it's still in process. We're going to have a mug, likely featuring the cast. Emmy screeners, if you care about that, fucking right? collectible. A copy of Jody's Variety cover for which she won her an Emmy. Coloring book, Coloring Eve oh, yeah. from, I'm sure you guys would recognize this book from seeing it on the Twitterverse. A hoodie, a bunch of teas like, our Lady in Red, B-D-E-T. You should try this with your wife. Villanelle Classic Tea. Believe in Villeneuve, a property of Villanelle. Some socks. A gay goblet. Yes. A gay goblet from which you can drink your booze. A keychain. Assassin membership card. Towel for your gay vapors. A tote. A coffee tumbler. Good Lord. What do you say to all that swag, sir? Uh, wait till you see the photo so you can get a glimpse of how ridiculous 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 a lot of fucking swag and really just we're trying to we're doing a thing early in the year where we were like hey if you guys can leave us reviews on any of the places we're gonna enter you in the thing we have not fully done the thing so this is basically gonna be right like from all the reviews that we can see from apple all oh, right where the other platforms so of all the ways to interact let's see there's what commenting on Castbox, but rating and reviewing on uh google play uh um, apple the og Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and Podchaser. Right. Podchaser is like the IMDb. Uh, trying to be. Trying to be the IMDb of right. podcasts. Oh, maybe we should like transition into our, our thing where we were like, let's let's thank the Patreon supporters. Oh, right. Because we have some. We have some. Ooh, baby, Los Angeles Apparel Inspiration. Right. Uh, we want to take this extra special moment to thank you for helping our sessions feel a little more like heaven is a place on earth. Truly. So this is an extra special thank you to uh, Jess and Anna. Anna, Jess, thank you. Stephanie. Stephanie. And Robbie. Oh, Robbie, thank you so much. Ruth. Ruth, you're the chef. Lauren. Lauren. And Lorena. Who was that? Valina. 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 And Rachel. Thank you. Rachel, shout out to you. Jeff. And Denise. Denise. Thank and you so Dr. much. Dr. Fiora. Dr. Fiora. Dr. You already know. Oh, and Lex. Lex. Yes. Lex. 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 I can't speak. It is now approaching noon. Thank you for your support, Lex, and everyone else. Thank you so much. We really, really, really do appreciate you guys. Well, now that that's done, this just might be the most ridiculous <laughs> Corona song I found also from the island of Trinidad and Tobago. And it's, um, well, you know what? We just got to keep it going. This is where we are. This is the life we're living. This is how we're doing the rundown and outro. So I'm going to just hit it. Hey. Private. 
Yes. Look at you like, big up, big up, big up. Hey. All right. I'm reminded that you can reach out to us at hey you guys all one word at wellwellvillanelle.com. Our Insta is wellwellvillanelle. And our Twitter, if you are about it, about it, is wellvillanelle. As you know, we are recording out of New York City. We are essentially still not even all the way open at phase level one. We're not all in phase one yet. Uh, support the Patreon and our Kofi, K O hyphen F I forward slash Massandri in our show notes. And because uh, it helps us transition from commuting from public transportation to private transportation along with other upkeep. Uh, some say they have never seen the subway so clean and clear, but don't make us be the New York City MCA guinea pigs, I beg you. A special shout out to all the essential workers, whether on salary or hourly, every last one of you guys. And everyone in between, you help keep this city running, and we can't do this city, what we all do the cities around the world in quarantine. You. Literally, the fucking planet couldn't operate without essential goddamn workers. So thank you so much. I'm sorry. Look at it. Look at what the girls doing. Look at what's happening. You know what this reminded me of when you showed me Megan the Stallion's laugh to distract me while we were in the middle of recording. I said, "What's going on?" I said, "Is that a woman's head on the bootay?" And you said, "It is Kenneth." And I said, "Well, I think Lilith for the sapphic content, and um, I thank these ladies for their content as they shake each booty cheek to this Sedona beat. You help keep the city running, and we can't do what we do without you. Yes, thank you once again, essential workers. So is that it? Are we done? Are we headed to the rundown at the end of this? Awesome. Time to fade this bitch out. Although the twerking is it, it's catchy. All right, might as well keep it going with another vintage kind of out classic. This is Jumpin' Wave by Preacher. Let's do it. Hey, woo, oh, 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 oh. All right, wanna oh. shout out the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Oh. I wanna shout out Taiwan. Taiwan. Shout out Chile. Chile. Shout out Thailand. Thailand. Shout Hello. out Finland. Finland. Shout out Singapore. Singapore. Shout we love you. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Shout out Philippines. Philippines. Shout out Portugal. Hey. Portugal. Shout out Poland. Essentially, outside, you guys are the shit. Thank you for listening to us every week and supporting. We love and appreciate you so much. All right, guys, until next time, here's hoping you get killed by a woman. And you guys, there's only two episodes left. There's two episodes left, and I really feel like Eve is going to have her first kill next episode. She's going to have her first kill. It's Turkey Rising, bitches. Everything is happening in Laura Neal. We trust. Goodbye. Bye. Like totally murder.